All right, you guys. Thank you all for joining. I am Love Jador with Jen Leon Magazine, and we have the boss with us today, Mr. Lenny Alize Jones. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yeah, so, for the people that don't know, for the people that is under a rock, they don't know the real tea. They are just stuck in the past. Please let them know who you are, King. Um, I started out in the music industry around '94ish. Um, till about 2010, 11. Um, basically just a humble guy from the Bronx. Um, kind of transitioning, getting my grown man business on. Um, giving back to the community, things of that nature. I worked with Karis One. Uh, Karis One. I worked with Jay Z. I was signed with Trackmasters. I ate all that Arista records for a little bit from 2003, 2004, and just worked with a bunch of artists um, in between from Puffy to, to Loon, um, you name it, doing a lot of that. And again, like I said, now transitioning into uh, business ownership. Okay. That seems to be where it's at. So for a lot of us young people, because we feel like the success happens overnight, how did you get into the music industry? Um, I actually had family that was into it for a while. Um, but I really started to lock my eye on it. A girl that I was dating, a woman I was dating at the time, she started working uh, for Carol's One. And I would see him a lot in the Bronx, me being from the Bronx. So when I started dating a girl and she was working for him, one guy came around, he was like, man, you know, I know you. We never really knew each other, but he would see me around. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, man, I know you. What's your name? And then we kind of became cool like that. And I didn't start until a friend of mine, uh, a childhood friend of mine's, they got a record deal, and then they went into the music industry, and I would tour with them, which is Camp Low. Oh. So that was like uh, my kind of official initiation into uh, doing role managed work. Then I went into management a little bit, and uh, then a friend of mine got a record deal, then I started producing, and stuff like that. Wow. Are y'all getting this? His circle. You hear me? It's the circle that you surround yourself with. Um. So... How did you become the record label executive? Um, well, what happened, a friend of mine's named Jay Smooth, he had, um, he had really got to deal with Universal Records like back, back in the day. This is maybe 97, 98 on B-Kid. So they gave him a deal. He had helped, He had asked me to help managing him because he was seeing me moving around with a lot of people. Um, from there, I wound up like politicking and networking a situation where I was able to sign some cats called the Bronx Bombers. And I was looking, he's always looking for beats. So dealing with my man Chiba from Camp Lowe, he was like, I got a producer, which became my partner, Portier. He started showing me how to work, make beats. And instead of us always looking for beats, that became a way that we just had in-house unlimited beats. So with that talent, I wound up meeting an artist called Red Cafe in Atlanta. Um, Atlanta, it was Atlanta All-Star Weekend. And I met him, he had a deal with Trackmasters, and we just hit it off instantly. And um, they gave me a shot at a and on his project and another artist project called Fred Billionaire. Okay. So from 2003, 2004, I was able to, you know, understand the inside working of the business instead of the outside working. When it comes to how you politic and you network within the industry, what are some qualities that you could tell someone else that's trying to get in the industry and how how they should handle their business or how they should carry themselves? Um, 
I would say like read and, and try to amass a lot of the, the information and knowledge that you can on how things work because before I actually became an executive and then I would go to those senior staff meetings so these senior staff meetings at the time you had like uh, Mark Pitts, L.A. Reed, Jermaine Dupri oh, yeah. um, you know it was loaded with with talented people and, and very knowledgeable people so the way that I understood how budgets work and how placements are actually done, how publishing work. I didn't know that until I got in on the business aspect. Whereas before, I was just a producer trying to get placements on people's projects. And that, you know, getting that schooling or that knowledge and then going to the field, intern from some people, you know, try to work for some projects. It may be free, but that's part of the grinding process. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think time and opportunity from that process will allot itself to where you'll see an opportunity or you'll see an opening and your wisdom and knowledge will allow you to seize that opportunity and become successful. Whereas most people, sometimes they just want to be that overnight, like you said. But it's, it's, just, it's just a process. It's a process of that. I was running around for a few years and I was getting placements. I got some quality placements. Um, but I didn't, it wasn't until I understood the business part that I said, wow, these are the things I was doing that wasn't working. And then I know how to apply them in other areas to be successful in life. Okay. So from back in the day to now, how did the industry change? Um, I started a children's brand around 2004 or 5 because they shut down Narista. And again, me working with Trackmasters, they had a project that they were working on called Kids Block. And I went to help them with that. And... Um, I think the industry changed around 2004 or five. You start to get a lot of the, the, the South music, the business models were starting to change. A lot of artists were really heavily going indie. And for me personally, I didn't get a chance to, I really didn't transition. I went another way because I had the knowledge of how business works mm -hmm. at that point. But um, I just think it changed. Whereas the, I want to maybe say the independent artists the artist started to become or it started to shift about being artist driven and when I say artist driven like artist driven in every aspect at one point it used to be about the DJ the DJ kind of called the shots then it was another point where the producer was kind of calling the shots but now it started to be more about the artist technology change so you would have artists who were uh, the artists could do everything he produces beats he could be his manager, he could be his accountant, he could be his promo, his PR. You know, the artist was able to do, a, you know, artists became more, it just became centered around the artist, in yeah. my opinion. It really has, honestly. Do you feel like people still need, the, the, the new industry now, do you feel like artists need managers? Like they need people that's gonna look after them and make sure they say the right things and do the right things kind of like um, polishing them up. Yes, absolutely. I think I think at, on every aspect, especially dealing in the entertainment industry, you need an actual whole team. So you need, you know, you need an artist. I mean, you need a manager. You need your role manager. Um, you'll need a producer. You'll need, um, you know, different facets. You need an assistant. Different facets of people to help you cross the different bridges at different points in your career. And you know, just to navigate through this industry, you, you will need a whole team that consists of that. Absolutely. 
what made what qualities do you have that let you know my my purpose right now is to be an executive um right now my quality is because i've seen so much and experienced so much um from from life from within the business and both sides of it i think being able to to see and help other people yeah right not having a self-fulfilling purpose that allows that allows what I've seen or in my situation or my career in my life it allowed me to be more successful because even things that I am strong at or my strengths I can use them to help and serve other people and allow them to maybe flourish way more than I have or can or will and I'm able to get benefits be it money be it um, more experience more knowledge to do the things that I want to do for myself um, just being able to identify the talents and strengths strengths in others and if I could add or 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 my or my experience could extend to what they're doing then you know that has worked or that skill has worked for me being able to help other people at the end of the day gotcha so let me piggyback off that because you stated that you know you clearly you pay attention to a lot of what's going on in what you do and that's a great quality to have with anything that you do that you that you put your mind to that you're passionate about what is something that we are missing from hip hop today? Um, I think balance and uniqueness is might what be missing. It is what's missing because coming from the, the original art form, there was a time where you could never sound like another artist. Or nowadays, it's it's customary to if somebody has a has a hot beat or a hot song, you hear five or ten other people rhyme over that person's beat and do freestyles. You know, back in the day, it wasn't, that wasn't the case. And even in like this super golden era, you had four or five, or you had different crews. Everybody was different. They, they had their own style. They represented their own area. But what happened is collectively, that's what embodied it became the culture, right? So you mm-hmm. might have to do so, but you had, you had a producer Timberland. He sounded like Timberland. Then you might have had Trackmasters. They sounded like Trackmasters. Then you had Swiss Beats, who sounded like Swiss Beats. Then you had Pharrell, who sounded like Pharrell. Dr. Dre was Dr. Dre. Puffy was Puffy. And, you know, all of these, Jermaine Dupree was Jermaine Dupree. All these people and other producers in between, everybody had their own style. But collectively, it created, you know, the feeling or the energy of what we call hip-hop in the culture. Now, you know, the, the present cultures, everyone sounds the same. Yeah. So you don't know who's who, so it ties the music out. Even the content, all of the content is the same. So it's not that there's a balance of, okay, maybe I can get some gangster stuff here, but then let me get some empowerment and uplifting stuff here too. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is just, you know, it's very mundane, it's very monotone. It's just all one, one art form, one sound, one everything. So who do you play a, like a, the most on your playlist right now? I'm gonna be honest. I'm very old school. Come on, lady. So I, I like. I'll listen to. Um, I'll go back. I got. Uh, I got like Kane and KRS and Bismarcky and uh, I got that in my playlist now. And a lot, a lot more. Um, I want to say like instrumental and, and meditation music. I listen to um, a lot more or less in between driving. So like if I'm commuting somewhere or if I'm on a flight. Um, I mainly like meditating, trying to clear my thoughts, 
so that I can hear, see, feel whatever it is I'm working on. Yes. So I can get that done. So I, that's how I kind of uh, defragment in the in between what's going on. That's amazing. Because, you know, I, I do that same thing too. You know, you got to put your oils on, your peppermint oil, sniff, and you got to make sure you, you, you know, detoxify everything that's off you. And then when the meditation music come on, it just puts you back in your zone. That's amazing. This is a fact. This is a fact. Yeah. Is there something that you would tell more artists to do so they can find who they really are? I think so because I think music is music is inspirational and it's all and it's and a lot of it is uh it can be inspiration based off of your experience. So what happens is a lot of time you'll have people who they don't really travel, they just they're able to experience like their area, their neighborhood and not much more. So when you start traveling and you start going to different cultures, you start to get inspired to see how other things work. So that creates like a plethora of ideas and energy that you would then be able to articulate through your music. So I think that that um, I would definitely encourage artists to, you know, before you work on a project, travel. Before you work on something, you know, go experience things different outside of what your normal is, um, because that creates different inspiration and different perspectives. Also, a lot of people, when they was working on an album, people used to go different places to work on an album. Like somebody say, listen, we're working on this album, let's go to Miami for two months. Yeah. And cats will go to Miami. Yo, listen, let's go to LA. We out in LA for three months. Yo, let's go to Cancun. You know, Cancun, like you see Kanye does it a lot. He'll be in Idaho one day. In Idaho. Yeah, you know, you try to get outside the norm because uh, I read something one time that said, uh, your brain stops learning when you stop being stimulated. Oh, that's right. So your brain will shut down. So once you get to a point where you feel like you know everything and you got a grasp on how everything works, you, you know, you, your senses will dull, dull and out a little bit. It's where you're in unfamiliar territory that, you know, you, you're listening more, you're seeing more, you're smelling and breathing more, you're touching it. You know, your body's just processing the new information. And it allows ideas and creative energy to flow through a little more easier. Okay. So, you know, since you know, you're know you Zen, you travel, you've, you've known all this stuff, you went from old school to new school, we're going to try that out. We gonna, it's a game time, y'all. Okay, so we're going to play Song Association. I'm pretty sure everybody knows this game. This is a very popular game, especially for people in the music industry. I'm going to give you a word. I might be a little dated, so don't worry. One of the last people, one of the last, I can say, one of the last current artists that I worked with who I thought and still believe is like super dope and this kid is going to do major things as soon as, you know, once his momentum starts clicking, he already has it, he already doing it. It's um, a kid who got catch. So that's, I was going to be about as current as Lou got catch. That's the last... You know, so uh, we got you. We got you. Anything, any, any song you want to do, we're gonna ride to it. So the first word is Bronx. Okay. So Bronx is easy. I um, I manage an artist called Peter Guns, Mm -hmm. and he has a song. uh, If it wasn't for the Bronx, this right then probably then we'll be going on. Tell me where you're from. Hey. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Okay. So what about Boss? Um, boss. I think of Rick Ross for some reason. Come on. Boss. Uh, 
but I can't catch a song right now where he says bullshit. <laughs> I know it's just bullshit, Rick Ross, but that's what comes to mind with my brain right now. Come on, you got 10 seconds. I'm giving you 10 seconds. I got 10 seconds to mm-hmm. September 2020 during the pandemic. Um, I see you recently opened your nail salon. How did you come up with the name? Um, the name is from my daughters. Uh, I have a daughter named Layla. I have another daughter named London. And you know, just coming into growth is what I like to say. I wanted to leave, and my my my, my purpose now is to do everything for people that I love and that love me. Mm-hmm. So my children are on the top of that list. So it's like they have something that they can own, something that they can build, something that they're a part of. 
and it's you know it's them they don't have to go work for anybody you know just just a legacy for them okay and you know it got to a point where um i would see a bunch of stuff that was happening in certain nail salons in certain communities mm -hmm. and it's me and my daughter we have a we have a once a month or we would have like a once every other month where we have a daddy daughter day and yeah. one of the things we would do is go get our nails done so i think it would be kind of cool to it is a yard nail salon you come to your own thing you know you get your own you know ownership just nothing better than ownership okay that's so that's that's the new cool it is but it definitely is so when it comes to my next question was what made you go into the beauty industry is basically was it because of your your daughter's love to get their nails done up to photo i'm very uh i want to say ambitious hustler financially orientated and driven mm -hmm. so uh, and i like to follow my passion so it's something I'm passionate about making money, but ain't nothing better than making money for people you love. The numbers is right. It, it's something that I feel good about. It feels organic to me. And, um, you know, again, besides the money or vice versa, they, they're kind of on the same. But for my for my children and the money's real good in the beauty industry and also for the culture, right? Because that's right. something that we do and we spend it. We don't really have anything to call our own. Like I was told that I'm the only black nail salon in the Bronx. Wow. So it was something like, you kidding me? There's got to be a hundred of them or maybe a thousand. I can't be the only one who thought about this. But, you know, all the way up from some of the politicians, the local politicians, they were saying, no, you know, you are the only African-American. Some people may work in some or they may run it, but they were saying that, no, no, I was the only black owner. Were you like the first one? I, I, that's what I, I'm not sure if I was the first, but I am now. Okay, come on. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations. That's huge. That's big. That's big. That's really big. It's going to be so many just black young boys looking at you. Like, y'all know what? We don't have to work for them. We can own the building. Okay? Period. So, what, like, what separates you from every other nail salon? I think the gift back. I think the customer service. We had, a, we had we just had a we did a turkey drive our first turkey drive annual and you know we gave out up to close to about 500 turkeys oh um, wow i would have things where every week i do stuff for the community i would have other artists and other entertainers and some of my friends come by so i had like Mayno, i had uh, like casanova i had peter guns um i had tara wallace i had tahiri uh i have renee graziano of my wives yeah. coming She's, she's coming up to do an event. I'll be sure. Um, just so many people I had on my song. And I, I hate naming names, then I forget people. And yeah. people start yelling at you. <laughs> but I've had, um, you know, I've had Debbie Lorenzo, which is uh, Earth Gotti's wife. She has a very cool uh, clothing line. Uh, she has a very cool hat, hat that she made. But I had so many people who I've worked with come through to support. And I had Roxanne Chante come through. So these are people who, people within the community, if you know these people, you can see them, you can touch them. I had Jada Kiss come by. So, you know, you have you have the interaction of, this is for the community, by the community, all we have is us. And my, my, my services, I believe, are better. And at price point, they're cheaper. So oh. I, do, I do a manicure and pedicure for $30. What? can't go nowhere and get that. 
Pedicures alone are $28, 30 $35 started. So I give you a manicure and a pedicure for $30. You know, You're um, cheaper than Georgia. You hear me? And we the cheapest yeah, of the cheapest. So <laughs> you know, so it's just, it's just really stuff for the community because they don't, you know, a lot of other cultures, they don't think about us in the way of giving back. It's just right. take, take, take. So for me, it's, um, you know, I just try to do stuff that, that complements the community. That is crazy. Those prices are crazy. If people are yes. not lined up outside this nail salon, then they are asleep. Got to be. And I, and I hire all, at this moment, we have an all black home. I mean, all black nail, you know, licensed nail techs. What? So have that as well. Wow. So with with everything that's going on with the pandemic, what precautions are you taking during this season? So we're, we're prepared and we're COVID safe. Um, we have the, the shields. We take temperatures when everyone come in. We have the shields. Um, we have the shields with the nail techs. Uh, we do social distancing. Um, we, we try to schedule appointments. We take walk-ins as well. But, um, we had an advantage of being able to build the salon, mm -hmm. the nail salon, once I had all of the restrictions, right? So they said, these are all the protocols, these are all the statutes you have to have when you're building. Rather than I was already up, and then I had to change the way, you know, I had to add all of the um, the social distancing and, and yeah. partitions and stuff. So it, it was, you know, it's pretty easy, pretty, um, we're easy, we're pretty safe, and, and we're definitely COVID, uh, we're up to date with COVID standards, having everyone safe. Okay. Well, since you're, um, I just have a question for anybody out there that's listening. Are you hiring? <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm definitely hiring. You can go to, uh, you can go to Instagram. Um, it's, it's, uh, our Instagram name is Nails and Tips by Layla London. You have to add the underscores in there, so it's like nails underscore and underscore by, you know, nails underscore and underscore tips underscore by underscore Layla London. Um, and you can DM us, we, we go to Facebook, you can go to nailsandtips.com. Uh, we're constantly hiring, um, not constantly, but we're always looking for, for dope talent. Yes. So y'all heard it. You heard it here first. You heard it. They are hiring. They are for us. They're trying to help the community. They're going to help you. People lost jobs during this whole pandemic. Yes. Get your yes. money. Hustle. It's people out here that, that want to give you a job. They want to make sure you're good. That is amazing. Yes. Do you plan on franchising the nail salon? Yes. We actually have one. Uh, I don't want to look the cat off the back, but we actually have one that we're going to be launching uh, in Harlem. We're in the Bronx now. Oh, so we have one we're going to do in Harlem on top of the year, and then we're looking to do um, something over in Dallas. Again, <gasps> one of the clients that I manage is uh, Peter Gunn, so he has to show up there called Cheetahs that we're filming. And he also just got, um, he just got, he's a, he's a radio DJ, just got a radio show, him and a lady named Vita Loca on 94.5 to be. So we're going to do a nail salon out there. Um, we have some other businesses coming. Uh, out there on the Dallas side, and uh, we definitely fan to answer the question. Okay, Absolutely. so that leads into my other question because you seem very knowledgeable about business and very driven about what you want to do in life. Do you plan on being in any more other industries and opening up more businesses? Well, you know what? I'm actually going to break something 
now if you go to uh, my Instagram page which is Alize BBZ we're um, we just closed we're actually working on uh, a bodega a oh. bodega so we have that coming February 1st which is going to open and um, we're actually building now we literally just closed like two days ago on the lease so you know come Monday the contractors is in there they fixed everything up now and um it's, you know, it's that. It's a few other businesses that we have, like some restaurants we're going to open, which is going to be pretty cool. And, um, yeah, we have real estate. Um, I have about four. We have four houses that we own and we're renting out. So it's it's really, again, the whole new thing now is this ownership. Yes. It's, it's, owning, it's owning stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's where we at. Wow. Do y'all hear that? See, this is why I introduced him as the boss. You hear me? Because you have to have a mindset to do all this type of things. And it isn't just including him. He's giving out jobs. Okay? Yes, that's a fact. He's giving that out jobs. He's creating jobs for people. And during a pandemic. You hear me? Yes, Listen, that's a fact. That, that is amazing. That is amazing. What? Well, you already gave us the, the scoop on the bodega. And I was yes. going to ask, what can we expect in the future? Do you plan on like managing people when it comes to the industry? Well, I fell back a little bit from the industry because it was so saturated, and I started to notice a lot of people were were, were not really serious about it. Mm-hmm. Because, the, you know, I, I, you can't say that no one makes money from it, but just the way you have to make money, you really have to, you know, grind out yes. and set to time to say okay listen I'm gonna put in this type of work non-stop and most people they do it just because it looks cool for the moment and then you know you have other people will try to take advantage so some people say yeah hey man put me on but they don't want to do the work they want you to do all the work and it's just I, I doubt it the people who I manage and work with now like I work with Roy Jones Jr. we just did the you know we just did the Tyson uh, Roy fight um I manage Peter Guns. Also, um, there's somebody else I'm missing. It's like two people I'm missing. I worked very heavily, closely with Abby Shore. We have some things we just brought it on. Um, it's a few more people. And then I have, I have like my team, my solid team, where we're out, we're doing a lot of the investment and things like this, trying to grow our, uh, grow our little empire, you know, for our families. And, um, you know, what I try to do now more so is I have a consulting company, mm-hmm. it's called Side Consulting. Um, what I try to do now is I probably can, like, I don't care how talented or not talented, but I'll try to direct people to some of my contacts that are still into music. But for me now, it's it's just way more money and freedom and ownership. Oh, that brings to my next question. What advice would you give people that are working these jobs for these corporations that don't really care about them they're not really giving them a legacy and they want to get out here and build something for themselves but they have fear what would you tell them i think you hit that kid fear right so when you remove the fear and you set a plan then you just have to stand on the characteristics of um, discipline and responsibility because the discipline will come in first the responsibility will you would have to always know that you are in control of your life and your decisions making and your decision making mm-hmm. so once you kind of grasp that you know you need to be in control and make better decisions and respons- be responsible for your decisions decisions the second thing is 
discipline. You have to be disciplined enough to say, okay, I worked this job, but I'm going to work this job for the next two years, for the next three years. And I'm going to save all my money. I'm going to put all my money to a side. I'm going to stack some chips. And then I'm going to bust, bust a move after that time to whatever my dream is. Yes. Whereas, you know, you still can pay your rent, you're not stressing over that, and then you save up enough money to where you can say, yo, you know what, I got 50 grand, maybe I got 100 grand, maybe I can take this 20, 30 grand that I got, I get a loan, and then, you know, you put that to what you need to do, and that will give you enough steam or energy to, uh, or resources to push your gun with your own dream. You know, and then it looks like that. Again, a lot of stuff is not going to be overnight, but at least, you know, you're your own boss. You're dealing mm-hmm. with your own self, and, you know, your dream eventually will come to Then you start to network with like-minded individuals, and things start to grow. You start operating in the uh, the principles of prosperity. But anything else other than that, um, that's the best advice that I would give um, that's to really people. Advice. You know, you kind of can't do both. You kind of can't say, well, I'm working this job, I'm getting paid. A thousand or five hundred every week, but I'm gonna go to the club. I'm gonna go party. I'm gonna go buy this hot car. I'm gonna go take on all these bills. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then you're still trying to tell somebody now, come give you a shot to do your dream. No, you have to work. And once you show people that you, you're trying to manifest your dream and work with your dream, you'd be surprised how many people come and help you. Like there used to be a point where um, I got real spoiled at one time. And I got into where people would invest money, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, oh, snap, I never knew this part of life. So what it did was it crippled, it crippled me for a very long time because I started to feel like, let me just get some investors to invest in my business. Mm-hmm. So for many, many years, I would be like at the bottom. I was like, you know, these people said they go through the ups and downs. Yeah. I went through a lot of low times in my life, always constantly feeling like somebody had to invest some money into my dream and my idea. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I hit, most times I didn't. But then I got to a point where I said, let me invest in, let me work, I'm gonna work, save my money, and start to do my own investing. So as I started to do ideas that I would go out to ask other people, I started to do them for myself. Yeah. What started to happen is so many people started to come to me at that point. And we recently, I recently was able to turn down a $500,000 offer wow. from a company that wanted to come and be a part of some stuff I had going on. And I was able to say, no, I have that already. That's not, I don't need that. Right. You know, so it was, um, it was a really great feeling and a milestone in my life to be able to say that because at one point, you know, I might have been saying to somebody, hey, listen, man, I'm trying to do something and all we need is... 40,000 and we could make this happen like this and it was like uh and now I'm able to turn down a deal big as 500,000 you know from a company you say nah you know, we, we, we did those numbers already we're doing those numbers that's not you would have to come with maybe 3 or 4 million and that's even starting the conversation because again this 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 idea and movement is kind of really for our culture it's for our people I'm looking mm-hmm. to hire people that look like me people that understand my culture people that come from where I come from people that experience the same circumstances that I'm experiencing you know that, that that's what that's about yes so it seems like you you surround yourself with people that 
help you. They motivate you. That like like it's it's, re- it's a really good sit- team of people, circle of people. What advice would you give to people that don't have a team yet or they're looking for a team? I would honestly say it it really works when you fellowship with your likeness. So when you get with people who are like minded, such as yourself, if you were grinder, then go get with some other grinders. And you know, even if, like, so for example, you can have, you can be a part of a million dollar company. Mm-hmm. You can have assets of a million dollars. So even if it's ten people and everybody put up a hundred thousand, and you're a part of that company, you can, in essence, say to yourself, "Listen, I'm a millionaire. I'm the owner of a million dollar company." And when you do that. You're able to move more faster, if that makes sense. Yes. Because even if you have a bad day, someone that you know such as yourself will fill in for that day. Yes. Or they'll be out they'll be out working, you know, nine to five and then grinding and busting things up while you, you know, may take you a minute to get your bearings together. But then when you get your bearings together and now it's two of y'all working or three of y'all working, you know, you're making progress, you're making that headway. So the main the main thing I, I've noticed when building a team, the first aspect is is uh you know, get with your likeness, get with people who are the same like you, who have the same goal and the same drive as yourself. Because even even that that basic foundation will grow tentacles to start to include the places where you, you might be weak. So just like you you know, you may have two or three people such as yourself and you can say man we need somebody over here that's good at this you'll start to go and acquire that and we need people who do this now then you start to go and acquire that and now you're just very well 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 rounded and um you know you'll be able to achieve whatever the goal is okay. but it definitely starts with getting a few people such as yourself okay well we're coming to an end of the interview this is such a i thought like this is business one-on-one that's why i'm gonna name this episode because you just gave all the tea you dropping you dropping bombs and knowledge on these people. What is, is, is there anything that you want to leave us with on your social media handles or, or a message? Um, yeah, my IG is Alize BBZ. That's A-L-I-Z-E uh, BBZ. Uh, my website is courtside www.courtside, the number two, dot com. Um, hit me up, but you know, let, let's build. I'm all about, uh, you know, dope ideas for the culture, and you know, we definitely just about putting rubber to the road. Now, you know, as we this is saying, I'm not going to A and R any ideas anymore from the office. It's just like we gonna put it out there, put it in the field, see how the people take to it, and you know, that's how we know if we're gonna win the move. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just about a whole new movement now. Well, no more talking. It's time to get it done, and it's time for us to do it for us. Like it's not time to us to be sitting around waiting for anybody to do, feed, help, or fix any, you know, any of our problems. Yes. So that responsibility now, you know, now is the time where it's just on us. It's so, time to know. put up or shut up, people. That's it's what he said. put up or shut up, that's it. So <laughs> vegan, you can't be sitting around telling somebody to feed you, whereas, you know, you got to know what's happening out here. You got to be accountable of everything that's happening out here. So, you know, it's no more sitting down. You eat, you're hungry, you're about to it's time to eat y'all that's what he said period yes king well thank you so much um for coming here we appreciate you we support you thank you for having me you're so welcome you know definitely let me know you have the number don't be a stranger and i won't be a stranger with your number and uh you know let's try to build that's what it's all about yes yes thank you all for tuning in it's your girl love your door bye
All right, love, peace. Peace. <laughs>